emanating from www.michaelnimmons.org. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. This is Michael Eric Dice. Hello there, I'm meteorologist Denise Isaac from WXYZ Channel 7. This is Wayne Braddock, 910 a.m. Comedian Horace H.B. Sanders. What's up, H.B.? Hey, what's up, Michael? Hey, <laughs> you're a winner, boy. Look at you, right? You're thinking out loud now. I'll just end with this. No matter where you go, that's where you'll be. <laughs> yes! And you're listening to the... And I'm thinking out loud with my guy, Mike Nimmons. Make sure you check them out every week on Thinking Out Loud Radio. Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. This is Michael Eric Dyson. And when I'm in Detroit, I listen to the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. Dropping that knowledge, giving that inspiration, giving us that enlightenment. Nobody does it like Brother Michael does it. Do your thing. Holla. Peace. Featuring author, motivational speaker, and minister, Michael Nimmons. Mother's Day show where we were live and host Michael Nimmons talked about his new book Vision and gave away a Mother's Day basket. I'm glad that you've tuned in to another edition, this special Mother's Day edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Uh, We are live. That's right. Catch it on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, TuneIn, and now on iHeartRadio. This is a special show, not just for Mother's Day. It is a special show for us uh, because our new book, Vision, is available. There's a war that's going on within our members that keeps us sometimes from realizing our goals and realizing our visions because we are seeing things with the wrong set of eyes. Woo, I just said something there. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show And I'm your host, author, motivational speaker and minister, Michael Nimmons I'm so glad that you have tuned in to another edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show Uh, We are so happy that you have tuned in to this VIP edition, another special edition of our Thinking Out Loud radio show. I know we say that every week, but I think every week is special. Uh, We've got another great show for you on tonight. And no, we are not live this week. Oh, I know, I know. Uh, We got a lot of great um, feedback from people that listen uh, to the show live on last week and our numbers were up uh, because we were live and that was great um, 
Um, but um, we're not live this week, but we will be again. So stay tuned, guys. Uh, you won't be able to call into the show or see us on Facebook, but we still have a great show just the same. And whether you're listening at 8 p.m. or you're listening to the podcast, we appreciate you listening to us just the same. Um, if you missed last week's show, we discussed our new book, Vision, and gave away a beautiful Mother's Day basket courtesy, courtesy of KCN Designs. Uh, to the winner of our trivia question, uh, you can always go back to Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, or TuneIn, or iHeartRadio to listen to that entire show. But we want to give a big shout out to Shantori Clerk Bowles for uh, getting the answer to the trivia question correct. And that question was, who was our first guest on our radio show? And the answer is Judge Vonda Evans. She was our first Yes, some 40 shows ago. This is our 42nd show, believe it or not, guys. 42 shows. Uh, 42 shows in. We started back in August of 2017. Here we are, uh, the uh, third week in May of 2018. And um, God has just taken this show uh, to um, uh, another level. And I'm so, so happy about it. But. Uh, Shantori Clerk Bowles was the winner uh, We ended up giving the basket away After the live show Because we ran out of time <laughs> Unfortunately So we ended up giving it away on the podcast side uh, uh, So um, uh, But we updated our listeners uh, About who won the prize And what was uh, What um, The answer to the question The uh, trivia question we did that on the podcast side. So, again, if you want to listen to the entire show, including um, the uh, balance of the show, the part that um, was not included in the live show, because we all uh, missed a couple, we missed a segment and the thought of the week during the live show. But um, we included all of that in the podcast. So, you get an entire podcast. Uh, even when we do a live show, we don't feel we don't want to shortchange anyone because um we really want to make sure our shows are put together right and that our listeners truly truly appreciate it. So you can listen to that entire show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, uh TuneIn or iHeartRadio. So be sure to check the show out. Uh and I I hope uh Shantori is enjoying her basket uh, including our new book vision which was included as a part of that prize pack so uh, if you want to see the pictures of the basket as well as Shantori's video uh, you can always go to our Facebook fan page that's facebook.com slash thinking out loud radio and there you'll be able to see um, Shantori uh, take a picture with her basket as well as uh, give our, our show a shout out as well so again uh, thanks Shantori for listening to, th to the Thinking Out Loud radio show and um, that always uh, we always like to give things away we've given piston tickets away before we've given this basket away and we'll continue to doing that uh, uh, in, uh, uh, as we move forward with um, you know, with the radio show, everybody likes free stuff, right? I know I do. You know what they say? If it's free, it's for me. But if I got to pay, I can't stay. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, that's what I always say. Well, 
In this edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show, we're going to be sharing with you an interview we recently had with candidate for 36th District Court Judge, Attorney Dwayne Johnson. I'm telling you guys, we had a great conversation with him about not just his experience in the public and private sector as an attorney, but uh, why he's running as well as touching on some recent events within the black community that raises concerns about policing and other racially charged and motivated events. So um, I am uh, really excited about sharing this interview with you. And one thing that I mentioned during our interview was I believe our, we need more judges. Our, I believe our judges are our last line of defense as a black community. And we definitely <clears throat> need more judges on the bench that look like us. That's right. I mentioned that during our interview. And uh, he concurs. But I applaud the black judge. I'm not sure if you saw this story. We posted it, uh, a link on our time on our Facebook fan page for you to check it out. But I applaud the black judge out of Kentucky that became an activist in his own courtroom. Judge Olude Stevens, according to Reuters, was suspended for 90 days without pay for uh, after admitting on Monday that he should not have made racially charged comments, including complaining on Facebook that a prosecutor had deliberately sought out white jurors. Judge Olude Stevens was accused by a state commission of eight counts of violating Kentucky's judicial code of conduct after he criticized Commonwealth attorney Tom Wine on social media and in the speech, among other statements, I think sends a direct message to prosecutors who want to stack juries or try some other shady practices that this judge is not having it. You know, um, he probably shouldn't have gone about it the way he did, I think. But uh, the the message is very clear that there has to be equity uh, and uh, fair treatment in uh, the the judicial system, uh, it goes without saying. I think the 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 courts is where we should be able to get equal and fair justice. Uh, so I'm I'm again I'm excited about this interview with Attorney Dwayne Johnson, and I can't wait to share this interview with you. Remember to follow all of our social media accounts on Twitter at TOL Radio Show on. Instagram at VTO Radio Show and on our Facebook fan page at Facebook.com slash Thinking Out Loud Radio. Uh, remember, it's on Instagram, VTOL Radio Show, and our Facebook fan page at Facebook.com slash Thinking Out Loud Radio. Or just go to our website, org, and go to the TOL radio show link to see the past shows and make comments or post faith post your feedback on each show i mean guys there's so many ways you can connect with us and always remember if you miss any show you can go to apple Podcasts, google play music tune in and now on iHeartRadio to listen to any and all of our past shows what you thinking about? 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 
We began this week's What Are You Thinking About segment. This is our second week, guys, with this new segment we're calling What Are You Thinking About? And this segment is designed to highlight uh, and talk about some uh, uh, popular articles or topics that have come out of social media. So we want to touch on a few things. Um, uh, in our first in, in our first story or our first part of this segment, we're asking a critical question, I believe, capsulizes some of the recent events involving whites, blacks, and the police. Have the police lost their collective minds? Or is there something else going on? I'm, I'm telling you guys, it seems they lack even the basic common sense or ability to reason or to defuse a volatile situation without escalating it with their own brand of violence or brute force. There are several stories in the news this week and last week that illustrate my point of police exercising brute force on their black pedestrian offenders. Police are supposed to be trained in de-escalation. And the operative word there is trained. That's right. In, in, in each and every altercation, there is one uh, entity that is trained to de-escalate these types of situations. And it is always the police. But in each and every circumstance and, uh, that have come up involving blacks and the police, the police have been the aggressor and they are not de-escalating these situations, but they are escalating them. Case in point, the news story where the 65-year-old black woman accused of almost colliding with a police car. In the video, five police officers literally dragged this woman out of her car. First of all, why did it take five police officers? And it was reported that the officers were berating the woman as well. No one checked to see if the woman was under duress or having a medical emergency. You know, we've heard stories about uh, people having seizures or heart attacks behind the wheel. No police officer checked to see if this woman was okay medically before they just uh, dragged this woman out of the car. It just seems so bad. The optics of it was terrible. And why did they need five police officers to take this woman out of this feeble 65-year-old black woman out of the car? It just doesn't make no sense whatsoever. Um, the, the police seemingly seeming lack of human decency has com gotten completely out of hand. Another case, in the case of the young black kid at the Waffle House who had taken his sister to the prom, they went to the Waffle House to eat, and the police were called. The video shows the big, this big, burly white police officer literally body slamming this black kid on the pavement. The optics of this in both cases are highly disturbing. It's because, is it because we have video footage that makes these altercations so much worse? Their cell phones and social media co-contributors or co-accessories to this phenomenon of police brutality? Maybe. Um, has these two entities even caused blacks to be more argumentative and, and less complicit with the police when they are called to the scene, angering the police and almost inciting a violent response because they see people with cell phones around and, and talking about and, and, and hollering at the police is creating a scene where the police get angry and take out their violent violence uh, or uh, take out their uh, anger on uh, the suspect in question 
Or are they merely recording the racist truth behind these altercations? Are these cell phones and social media basically recording the truth behind these racist uh, altercations? The other part that's truly disturbing to me is the obvious racial bias is given to the white people that call the police. When the police arrive, they proceed with interrogating and arresting the supposed black suspect without ever questioning the legitimacy or credibility of the person that initiated the call in the first place. For example, in the case of the black Yale student who was discovered asleep in a common area of their dormitory in a white woman, even after uh, the white woman called the police, and even after uh, she was questioned uh, by the police about whether she belonged there or not, and she showed them that she belonged there by unlocking the door to her own dormitory room. One would have thought that would have been reasonable enough, you know, her having a key to her own dormitory room to show them that she can gain access to her own room. That wasn't enough. It's amazing. One would have thought it would have been reasonable for the, the two police to come to the conclusion that she belonged there. Because, in fact, she lived there. But even that wasn't enough. Hmm. I, we need more impartiality and fairness in law enforcement. This has got to become a part of an ongoing conversation and dialogue, dialogue with law enforcement. We need, we need the police. I'm not here to say that we don't need the police. But, again, I'm always here saying that there are bad apples in every barrel. You know, there are all bad. There are bad apples in every barrel. They're not all bad apples, but there are bad apples that need to be addressed. And yes, we need the police. We need laws because they guarantee order and and our safety. But um, I I truly believe that there has to be impartiality and fairness in law enforcement, and we have not seen that. Um, in 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 any of these cases that have made uh, social media made the news and and even those that haven't made the news, I mean, again, social media and cell phones have really uh, shined a light on this problem of police brutality, and we've got to continue talking about it until something happens, until something positive takes place. In a related story, the internet is abuzz over this white woman who called the police over two black men who were barbecuing in the park. Right. Barbecuing in the park. And she was calling the police because they were using charcoal, which according to her estimation was illegal. The video of their initial exchange lasted for almost 30 minutes, which included a white friend of the family, Michelle Snyder, interacting and exchanging words with this unidentified white woman. The video ends with the unidentified woman crying hysterically to the police, claiming harassment by Michelle Snyder. You got to see this video. The video never indicates whether the unidentified woman was right or not. But the internet has already begun making fun of the white woman, creating memes and other photos of her as a tattletale. <laughs> she's, sta- she's standing at, uh, you know, even as a meme in the crowd at the March on Washington on her cell phone. And there's a cartoon of her calling the cops on Fat Albert and the gang. Come on, guys. You know, yes, while this is comical and it's hilarious to satirize and 
make fun of this woman are we indirectly satirizing and uh, and uh, making fun of this racist behavior which is indeed the problem that needs to be addressed you know I, I, I you know I understand uh, the nature of of um, the comedy behind it and and you know if we can get a laugh out of it but you know I, I just think that it doesn't do our cause uh, we might be doing a disservice to our cause by satirizing and making fun of uh, of this situation or of this woman because it's this racist behavior that we have a problem with and if we want people to take our cause seriously then uh, I think you know we might need to treat these situations more seriously I don't know maybe it's just maybe it's me you know if you don't feel the same way I understand you know let us know what your thoughts are about this again we've posted uh, the the video on our thinking out loud Facebook fan page and and uh, the 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 some of the memes on there as well for you to take a look at we love to know what your thoughts are about this uh, because uh, it is truly a problem a growing problem amongst uh, amongst us in the black community and I'm I posted on my Facebook page and I don't know I'm I'm almost uh, I think I've gotten the title for my next book I'm uh, that that I'm gonna start working on and be out by Christmas of this year I'm calling it black and blue <laughs> black and blue we've got to we've got to talk about this it's got to be a dialogue it's got to be a dialogue between the black community and the police and you know um, maybe this book and some of the things that the other advocates are doing about this will open up the dialogue because we need the police I mean it's not we're not saying that we are an enemy of the police but we need the police but I think there needs to be some retraining uh, of the police and there needs to be uh, impartiality and uh, fairness uh, in the uh, you know when it comes to the police and how they handle uh, situations with people of color uh, just my thoughts and opinions on that we're introducing a new segment where we're going to be taking a few minutes each week during each show to talk about our new book vision consider this our thinking out loud radio show virtual book club but in order to participate in the discussion it's strongly recommended that you purchase our book. It's available online everywhere books are sold. And when you purchase a copy, do us a favor and write a review on the site where you purchase it. You know, it's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million. And when you purchase it from those websites, do us a, a favor and write a review. What that does is allow our book to rise up in the rankings on those, uh, on those in the search engines on those book uh, bookstore websites, those online bookstores. 
and it gives it increased visibility so it could become a bestseller on their uh, on their website. So help us out and write us a great review. We truly, truly appreciate it. In this week's Inside Vision segment, we take a look at Chapter 3, God's Vision, and we focus in on the subtopic, Is That You?, on page 62 of our new book, Vision. This is a powerful piece in our book because we talk about the story of Joseph and specifically how Joseph's brothers didn't recognize him until after he revealed himself to them in Genesis, the 50th chapter, verse number 20. One might automatically think, well, it had been a while since his brothers had seen him and since before they sold him into Egyptian slavery and him working in Potiphar's house and him being falsely accused of raping Potiphar's wife or being thrown into prison or interpreting the dream of both the baker and the butler. A lot of time had gone by. In fact, the Bible says in Genesis, the 41st chapter, verse 1, that it was two full years before Joseph was needed again by Pharaoh to interpret a dream that he had had. And fast forward to when his brothers eventually saw him again, Egypt was in the second uh, phase of the 14 years that Joseph had declared the Pharaoh was going to take place. You know, seven years of plenty and seven years of famine. So, yes, a lot of time had passed and I would think maybe at least 10 to 15 years before Joseph's brothers uh, had seen him last. A lot of change and it's possible they couldn't recognize him. But in our book, we talk about something else taking place. You see, Joseph's brothers didn't even expect it to be him because they didn't believe in him nor the fulfillment of or of any of the dreams that he had revealed to them or told them. So in their mind, when they sold Joseph off to slavery, that was the the last time they would ever see their brother Joseph again. And such as it is with us, you know, the haters and pronosticators in our life who do not expect much from us or our dreams and and do everything in their power to stop us from re- re- achieving or fulfilling our dreams. But God is so great and so intelligent to not even put our destiny or the fulfillment thereof in someone else's hands. So your enemy may think, that they are working against you when they plot to do this or to do that. But unbeknownst to them, they are working out the tenets of God's plan for your life. And when they see you years later after God's plan has been fulfilled, because you know God always brings those people back to see you, the first thing they'll say, the first question they'll ask is, is that you? <laughs> you see, your success is beyond their realm of possibility or comprehension because they thought what they did to stop you from what they did stopped you from being what God wanted you to become. Not so. What they did only helped propel you to exactly the place that God wanted you to be. I know I'm talking to somebody. We talk about how you are perceived in the eyes of your enemy, which makes this question 
Is that you so apropos? Because in their eyes, they can't fathom you being a success. In their eyes, they can't see you being victorious. But what they don't realize is that the person they've been trying to stop all along has always been the person that was destined for greatness ever since the beginning. So, you always had the potential within you. And God used your enemy to bring the best out of you. Woo! I know I'm talking to somebody. <laughs> Inside. Vision. Inside. Vision. Inside. Vision. Inside. Vision. Well, I hope you enjoyed the, that uh, first inaugural edition of Inside Vision. We're going to, again, be sharing with you uh, from our book, Vision, each and every week during our Inside Vision segment. And you need to go purchase a copy of our new book, Vision, because we want you to participate. We want you to be just, uh, uh, just we want you to be caught up and, and, uh, and on point what we're talking about as we discuss our new book vision in our virtual book club so do us a favor and go purchase a copy of our book today well we're going to take our first break of the night but when we come back we're going to get right into our interview with attorney Dwayne Johnson candidate for 36 district court judge don't go anywhere you're tuned in to the thinking out loud radio show we'll be right back you're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. Hi, my name is Maya, and you're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with radio show host and my daddy, Michael Nimmons. You better listen to that little girl. Got the munchies? Call Munchie! If you worked all day, need a break? Call Munchie! Having a party for the big game? Call Munchie! If you want some off-water pizza and wings? Call Munchie! Call 248-476-7272 Located at 34527 Grand River in Farmington When you have the munchies, call Munchie's! for a professional tax and bookkeeping service, then look no further than Consumer Tax Clinic. This is a full-service preparation and bookkeeping service that prides itself on great customer service, professionalism, and getting results. Have tax returns that still need to be filed or getting audited or having issues with IRS? Call Consumer Tax Clinic today at 248-395-0079. That's 248-395-0079. Consumer Tax Clinic, a tax service designed with you in mind. the show featuring best-selling author, international speaker, professor, and TV host, Dr. Eddie Connor. You know, Dr. Connor, you have uh, written eight books, and um, more recently, you've just released uh, a new book entitled Woman. 
I want you to tell our listeners about this new book and uh, what inspired you to write it. Catch it on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, TuneIn, and now on iHeartRadio. And I know for those who are listening, say, well, what does a man have to do with writing a book about women? But, you know, really, you can't spell the word woman without man anyway. So I define woman. My acronym is Wonderfully Orchestrating Magnanimous Achievement Naturally. You're tuned in to the Three Hour Live Radio Show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. Hi, I'm Michael Nimmons, Executive Director of the Vision Initiative, a nonprofit organization designed to give inner city and urban youth a new vision for themselves through mentorship programs, empowerment sessions, scholarships, and much more. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash The Vision Initiative and find out how to donate and become a mentor or volunteer. The Vision Initiative, opening the eyes of today's youth to new possibilities. Come join The Vision. Have you purchased Michael Nimmin's new book entitled Vision? It is definitely a bestseller in the making. This book is full of positive insights on vision from people like President Barack Obama, Nelson Mandela, and Dr. Miles Monroe. Michael Nimmin's offers a riveting and thought-provoking perspective on how spiritual vision transcends both natural and mental vision and propels you to your place of destiny and purpose in God. It is definitely a must-have. Just $20 for hard copy and $3.99 in ebook format. Available online everywhere books are sold. Get your copy today. I write for the intellectual with the filled up brain and the genius IQ. I put my pen to paper and write for you and for me too. Cause I see the skew in this world and I know that it's fallen. So I write to let you know that the father is called. What's up? This is Ty Scott King and you're listening to Thinking Out Loud Radio Show with Michael Nimmons. Keep it locked. The Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. Giving voice to issues that matter to you. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. Everybody, we are back on another VIP uh, spotlight edition of the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. A very inspirational spotlight, as we like to call it. And we have a very um, inspirational and influential person on the line with us. And I'm so glad. Um, that he's uh, joined us on tonight and a good friend of ours and he is doing some big things in the uh, in the legal field and I want to share uh, his uh, share his information or introduction introduce him properly uh, as we bring him on the show he's a graduate of Cass Tech and a Michigan State Spartan alum go Spartans uh, and he's been a licensed attorney for 30 years and served uh, in the public sector as assistant attorney general representing the unemployment insurance agency department of human services and the civil rights department he's also worked as an administrative law judge for the state of michigan 
He's also worked in the private sector with his own firm for over 20 years. And he's currently running for the 36th District Court Judge position and is looking for your vote. Let's give a warm Thinking Out Loud radio show welcome to good friend and new friend of the show, uh, Attorney Dwayne Johnson. Welcome to the Thinking Out Loud radio show, Attorney Johnson. Well, thank you. Thank you. It's good to be here. How are you today? I'm doing wonderful. I'm doing wonderful. We truly appreciate you um, uh, carving out time. I know you have a busy schedule with everything going on now, uh, running for 36th District Court Judge. But we thank you for being on the Thinking Out Loud radio show uh, with us on today, on tonight. It's good to be here. And I thank you for the for the invite. Hey, no problem, no problem. Thank you. So, um, you know, we like to always start our uh, Thinking Out Loud radio show interviews with our VIP guests, a very inspirational spotlight guest, kind of talking about uh, their background. And 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 so, uh, you being an attorney for as a we read in your bio, bio for over 30 years. Um, our first question really deals with, you know, uh, why did you decide to go into law? You know, what was it about the legal field that interests you? Okay, well, that that's a great question, and it, it takes me back to my uh, childhood. Uh, I was one of those individuals who, early in life was just intrigued by the legal system, uh, legal shows such as uh, back then, I don't know, a lot of the younger people might not remember this, but a show called Perry Mason. He was an attorney that was on television. And uh, that, that interests me. But also my, my father was a police officer, a Detroit police officer, and he was assigned to the recorder's court. Uh, back in the 60s, and uh, he would take me to the uh, court from time to time. Uh, he was assigned to Judge George Crockett, uh, the senior courtroom. So sometimes I would go into his courtroom, and I met him and, and watched some of the things that went on in court. And it just fanned my interest in, in the legal system. And uh, I also was just an individual who just had a disdain for injustice. You know, I hated to see injustice, and where I could do, you know, something to correct it, you know, I wanted to do that. And I saw the uh, legal system and becoming a lawyer as a way to fight injustice, and uh, so I eventually, you know, did that. I pursued uh, a legal career. Now, that happened after I had gone to... Uh, uh, undergraduate school, I went to Michigan State, Spartan, of course. Right, go Spartans. Great. <laughs> so after I graduated from Michigan State, I, I met my uh, my wife. I met her actually at church at Greater Grace Temple, and uh, and uh, and then started having children. We had a couple of children, and uh, I realized that. Uh, I needed to get moving on, on my goal to become a lawyer. And, and my wife was very inspirational and, and supportive in that goal. So while I was working for the state of Michigan, I uh, applied to the Detroit College of Law, 
which was at that time it was located in where where Core America Park is. Uh, it was in in downtown Detroit on Elizabeth Street, and so I uh, actually was blessed with a full scholarship. Uh, that was a blessing from the Lord. So, so I was allowed to go to law school without uh, paying any money for the actual schooling. So that was that was really great. So I did that. Graduated from Detroit College of Law. And then I uh, became a uh, assistant attorney general with the state of Michigan, and there I was able to represent the Department of uh, Unemployment Insurance. I did that for three years. Then I moved to another department dealing with uh, abuse and neglect cases, where I was representing the Department of Human Services, uh, you know, just protecting the uh, the children who were being abused and neglected. And also, uh, after that, I went to the Department of Civil Rights, where I handled civil rights cases uh, and uh, protected the rights of individuals who, whose civil rights were being violated. So I did that for eight years, and then, you know, I had a desire to, I just saw that there was more for me. There were opportunities, uh, things that I could do that I couldn't do with the state of Michigan, and that led me to, to go into private practice. And in private practice, I initially started with a partner, uh, Barbara Littles, who was also a friend of mine. And we uh, formed a partnership called Johnson & Littles, and we handled, uh, she handled most of the business-type cases. I handled criminal cases and some civil cases. And uh, we stayed together for a few years, and then uh, she moved to Saginaw, and I... Um, she kind of has gone into other areas with her career, and I continued uh, in private practice as uh, Dwayne R. Johnson, PC. And most of the cases that I've been handling in private practice have been, um, you know, primarily criminal work, but I've also done probate work, uh, some Social Security uh, cases and real estate matters, some gen some general practice things, but. Uh, Primarily criminal and probate have been the primary areas that I've been handling uh, in the in the most recent years. So that's kind of uh, you know what how I was inspired to go into to law, and uh, this is where my career has taken me to this point. Well, you have definitely had a very extensive career, um, you know, working both in the public and the private sector. Um, I want to know, you know, of those two um, experiences, um, you know, tell us what stood out the most for you um, working both in the public and private sector. Well, you know, I've, I've enjoyed both. Uh, you know, for the Attorney General's office, I was able to, you know, represent people in, in different areas and, and, as I said, with the Department of um, Social Services when I was rep I, you're representing children, basically you're protecting them and I would, you know, where you see the need for the uh, child to be separated from uh, abusive or neglectful parents, then, you know, that had to be done, but there were times where Parents would get things together and, and families would be reunited and hopefully made better, and sometimes they were made better, and that was a good thing to see. So you're, uh, so that, that's a good thing to be a part of. 
in, when I represented the uh, unemployment uh, division, you know, you, you're representing uh, the, the state of Michigan, but you're just trying to see that things are done right and that, that justice is, is prevailing in terms of uh, dealing with unemployment issues, whether an individual who was uh, fired from his job for misconduct, maybe that person didn't actually commit misconduct or it wasn't at, to the point that they should be disqualified for unemployment benefits. So, and I may be on the on that individual side, because sometimes I'm representing it, for the state, sometimes you're representing the individual, and then sometimes you may be representing uh, the state with the, uh, on the other side. So it, it all depend, you know, depended on the facts of the cases and, and how the, uh, the previous decisions were made as to what side you were on uh, with the uh, Attorney General's office. So sometimes you had to have the ability to be flexible and be able to take either side and and be um, zealous in your representation, regardless of which side you were representing. So you had to have that flexibility and the ability to adjust yourself, depending on what how how the law uh, operated in that particular case. So that was uh, you know how it was with the uh, Department of of uh, Unemployment. Division and also in the Civil Rights Department, generally uh, I was always representing the individual who has been whose rights were were violated, and uh, but you did it from from the state perspective, and uh, you know you're always glad to see people whose rights have been violated, uh, seeing that they get the right type of compensation for that, and that's what I was doing uh, with the Department of Civil Rights through the Attorney General's office. Now, in private practice, uh, you're, you're exclusively representing your clients. And uh, I've had an opportunity to represent clients in, in various uh, aspects of, of legal issues, whether it was criminal or probate or some civil matters. And uh, I, I just enjoy being able to, um, you know, come up with uh, resolutions of legal matters in such a way that um, you know it's pleasing to the client that I'm representing, uh, especially in, in terms of criminal cases where a person is, and this, this doesn't always happen, but often, but it does happen where a person is falsely accused and someone is accused of a crime where they did not commit, and there's such a great feeling of, of getting a not guilty verdict for an individual who has been charged falsely with a crime and they haven't done that, or you're able to get the case dismissed on a motion so that individual who has been falsely accused is, you know, is not uh, convicted falsely or, or has to go through anything unnecessary when they haven't been, when they haven't committed the crime that they've committed. Now, also, in, in, as a criminal attorney, uh, you will represent individuals who have committed crimes, and in those cases, you try to do the best you can in terms of um, getting the best result for them that you can that you're able to obtain. And hopefully, also if they're uh, out of certain path that you can counsel them, because attorneys are counselors as well, on, on their conduct in such a way that they won't continue on the path that they uh, that has got them to that place where they are at that time. So I know that. The kind of uh, some of the, the differences of 
of uh, how you know it is working in the public sector as opposed to the private sector. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. Hi, I'm Michael Nimmons, Executive Director of the Vision Initiative, a nonprofit organization designed to give inner city and urban youth a new vision for themselves through mentorship programs, empowerment sessions, scholarships, and much more. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash The Vision Initiative and find out how to donate and become a mentor or volunteer. The Vision Initiative, opening the eyes of today's youth to new possibilities. Come join The Vision. It's their birthday and need a gift for that special someone. Then call KCN Designs and sit back and smile. KCN Designs specialize in custom-made all-occasion baskets that are sure to make that special someone smile. Call KCN Designs today at 248-820-3691 and order your custom basket today. Hi, my name is Maya, and you're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with radio show host and my daddy, Michael Nimmons. You better listen to that little girl. Got the munchies? Call Munchies! If you worked all day, need a break? Call Munchies! Having a party for the big game? Call Munchies! If you want some off-water pizza and wings? Call Munchies! Call 248-476-7272. Located at Purchase Michael Nimmons' new book entitled Vision. It is definitely a bestseller in the making. Endorsed by presiding bishops, pastors, ministers, best-selling authors, and more. Listen to what Dr. Eddie Connor had to say. Vision is a riveting book filled with spiritual keys and pragmatic principles. The insight shared by Michael Nimitz will inspire you to manifest your vision to receive provision. As you read, you will be encouraged to embark on your own vision from within. 
Michael Nimmons offers a riveting and thought-provoking perspective on how spiritual vision transcends both natural and mental vision and propels you to your place of destiny and purpose in God. Available online everywhere books are sold. Get your copy today. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. I know you are enjoying our interview with candidate for 36th District Court Judge, Attorney Dwayne Johnson. Let's get back into this empowering and inspiring interview. Well, I hope you are enjoying our interview with uh, Attorney Dwayne Johnson, candidate for 36th District Court. I know I am. He definitely has an extensive um, resume of working both in the public and the private sector. Uh, we want to know from you, what inspires you to run for 36th District Court Judge? Well, to be honest, it was the, uh, I guess the best way to really describe, you know, why I'm running for judge is through uh, the scriptures in the Bible where it says, um, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. I think that's Proverbs 3, chapter 3, verse uh, 5. And, you know, what that, for me, it means in, in important decisions that you make, and even in some of the lesser decisions, but uh, especially in decisions that are really going to impact your life, it's really important that you seek the Lord's counsel as to what you should do. And I would say maybe about five years ago, I was praying and asking God, you know, what direction he wanted me to go with my career uh, if I was going to make some changes and so forth. And, you know, it kept coming back to me, judge, judge. And, um, and also, you know, specifically for Detroit. So I, uh, you know, said I'm going to follow the Lord, and that's, that's what I've done. You know, I, um, I think that I can have an impact on the uh, 36th District Court because I'm going to come on the court and and bring not only the the years of legal experience that I have, but also the life experience that I have as well. Uh, this year would be my 40th year uh, being married to my wife, uh, Victoria. Uh, I also have uh, two children, two grown children. Uh, one, uh, my youngest daughter, Candace, is, is, uh, is a physician, and she's recently married to, uh, to Justin Kempson. My oldest daughter, Monique, is a, um, is a full-time homemaker, housewife. Uh, she's married to Marvin Winans, uh, Jr. They live in California, and they have three children. And so I also have three grandchildren. So I think all of the, the um, experience of uh, life, of, of marriage, of raising a family, all of, the, all of the things that come with that is important in terms of the development of, of me as a person and also in, in making judgments and decisions as, as I will have to do. 
uh, as a judge of the 36th District Court. So not only do I bring the legal experience that I have from uh, this being my 30th year as an attorney, but I also bring the life experience to the, the court. I also have a passion for uh, helping uh, people in terms of especially young people and, and the young uh, black men in the city of Detroit uh, trying to do things that will help make their lives better. Uh, I think that's important. Uh, I, and I've, I've uh, done that in terms of I, I work with the juvenile at the juvenile detention facility and I, uh, I work with young men there. We minister to them and try to help make differences, make changes in their mindsets and their attitudes uh, in that way. And I'm also involved with the um, with Buff uh, Black United Fund of Michigan, which is an organization that works with young people and tries to uh, has mentorship programs, uh, scholarship programs, different kind of scholastic programs to help you know get the young people on the right track and keep them going in a positive and constructive manner. So I, I want to um, be on the court so that I can, can make a difference. And, you know, people come before you with various problems, various issues, and I believe through some of the community resources and agencies that I'm familiar with and will become even more familiar with, and some of these agencies and organizations and churches who are willing to help uh, young people and people in Detroit, um, you know, through bringing together some of those agencies in in dealing with um, you know, maybe sentencing or uh, dealing with individuals who are com- who come before the court, utilizing some of these community resources to help make things better for those individuals that come before me. So, and I look at I look at it not only from a standpoint of um, you know, helping, and you do want to help the individuals that come before you, but also there's, it's important to protect the community as well. So when, when that's necessary and that's necessary, we also want to protect uh, our senior citizens. Uh, we want to protect our young people. So those are things that I will take into consideration as a judge of the 36th District Court, protecting the community, but also doing what we can to help those individuals who come before me who want to be helped, who want to live a different life or or do better in life, and bringing some of those community organizations and agencies together. Don't, 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 don't touch that dial. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. Mr. Show, featuring Christian rapper, gospel hip-hop artist, B-Rudd, now, you guys recently did a video in the abandoned Pontiac Silverdome. Man, that video is off the hook. How did you guys even get into Pontiac Silverdome to, to shoot it, man? Catch it on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, TuneIn, and now on iHeartRadio. Okay, so the way the video came about, oh, man, crazy. I was inspired to do it there because of a friend picture, a friend that shared a picture on social media. So we picked the day early, early Sunday morning. Like as soon as the sun came up, it was like 7 a.m. We was in there for like two hours. Still about a week later, we found out that they were going to demolish the Silver Dome. 
the very next week. You send it to the Free Now Loud Radio Show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. Looking for a professional tax and bookkeeping service? Then look no further than Consumer Tax Connect. This is a full-service preparation and bookkeeping service that prides itself on great customer service, professionalism, and getting results. Have tax returns that still need to be filed or getting audited or having issues with IRS? Call Consumer Tax Clinic today at 248-395-0079. That's 248-395-0079. Consumer Tax Clinic, a tax service designed with you in mind. This is Dwayne Johnson, a candidate for 36th District Court Judge in the November 2018 election, and you're listening to the great Thinking Out Loud radio show. Enjoy. The Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Have you purchased Michael Nimmin's new book entitled Vision? It is definitely a bestseller in the making. This book is full of positive insights on vision from people like President Barack Obama, Nelson Mandela, and Dr. Miles Monroe. Michael Nimmons offers a riveting and thought-provoking perspective on how spiritual vision transcends both natural and mental vision and propels you to your place of destiny and purpose in God. It is definitely a must-have. Just $20 for hard copy and $3.99 in ebook format. Available online everywhere books are sold. Get your copy today. I know you've enjoyed our interview with attorney Dwayne Johnson, candidate for 36th District Court Judge. Let's hear the conclusion of this empowering and inspiring interview. And what about in the criminal justice system, particularly, you know, laws that um, maybe on the books that um, are directly impacting uh, young men and young women of color, um, you know, in the criminal justice system uh, or, you know, when it comes to prisoners, um, you know, that may not be able to, you know, once they are been released, they're not able to vote. Um, you know, there, there, there just seems to be some um, system system. Uh, system-oriented uh, things within the criminal justice system, I think, that need to be addressed. Um, you know, when it comes to uh, prosecutors who are, um, you know, called in to uh, 
uh, review a uh, case of police brutality and you know they are you know seen as basically going into uh, you know um, to to review the case and to see if there you know um, if, if charges can be brought against these officers and in most cases we've seen um, the cases the charges not being brought in those cases um, pretty much being dismissed you know this seems to be some fundamental problems within the criminal justice system that needs to be addressed what are your thoughts on that well I think that's I mean I understand what you're saying uh, brother Nemons in terms of um, the racism involved in, in these uh, police shootings and and um, and sometimes things that happen just like the uh, recent incident in Sacramento where it appears that uh, if not but for the person's skin color, uh, there would have been a different result. I think uh, racism is still an issue uh, in our society, and it does impact our police departments as well. Now, one thing I will say, I think Detroit uh, the police department here and, and for a while has been pretty uh, conscientious, I think, in terms of dealing with those kind of issues. I think um, there was an overall overhaul in the police department when Coleman Young became mayor. And uh, at that time we had stress. I don't know if you would remember that, but the, we had those kind of, those were issues where black people were being, uh, killed by officers, and uh, Coleman Young was one that really fought to, that was part of his campaign was to get rid of that, and he did. I mean, we had the issue with Malice Green, and uh, that was uh, prosecuted uh, by the uh, the prosecutors. Uh, they prosecuted the police officers in that uh, incident, in that situation. But uh, as a whole, you know, I, I think we're doing pretty well in the Detroit area with the police department. But and nationally, there are issues, and, uh, you know, I think that we have to um, still continue to be vigilant in making sure that uh, people are treated fairly and justly by, by the police department and, and uh in, in the criminal justice system. Um, so those, those are things, um, one of the things I'm concerned with is like this, the marijuana uh, issue. Um, oftentimes I'm finding a lot of young people use marijuana. Now I'm not in favor of using marijuana. I, I don't think you should, but a lot of our young people are using them and using marijuana and ending up with criminal records because of that. And I think that um, that's something that needs to be dealt with because I don't think uh, your use of marijuana should cause you to have a criminal record, something that can be used against you to hinder you from getting jobs and can affect even um, your ability to get uh, loans, uh, school loans and things of that nature. So I would like to see... Uh, the, in terms of marijuana use, I'd like to see that decriminalized. Not that I encourage the use of marijuana, but I, I discourage uh, individuals having criminal records because there's many 
of our young uh, black men who are getting criminal records for having marijuana, for using marijuana. And I think, you know, the thing, the thing about it is you can go to another state and it's, it's legal, but in other states like Michigan it's not legal, and uh, you end up becoming considered a criminal because of your use of it. So I'd like to see something like that change. Uh, that, that's one of the issues I have. Um, and where, where you can utilize uh, other forms of uh, sanctions besides uh, incarceration, uh, I would like to see that. I mean, incarceration where it's, it's necessary in terms of protecting the community, but for nonviolent offenders, there, there are other things that can be done and used to, uh, to help them get on the right track outside of incarceration. And uh, so those, those are issues that I, that I have concerns with, and I'd like to see changes in those areas. We are enjoying our interview with Attorney Dwayne Johnson, candidate for 36th District Court Judge on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And uh, I am truly um, impressed by his insight and his wisdom in the criminal justice system and, of course, his resume of credentials working both in the public and private sector uh, over 30 years uh, as a attorney, administrative judge, uh, assistant attorney general, um, just has a number of credentials that qualifies him, I believe, to be a great candidate for 36th District Court Judge. And we're glad to have him on the show. And again, as I said, we definitely need more uh, judges on the bench that look like us. Uh, look like um, look like us as um, as uh, black people. Um, so as we continue talking about you know uh, young people and black males and black black boys in general, from a practical standpoint, I want to get your thoughts about you know as an attorney um, and as a candidate for 36th district court judge. You know what advice would you give our young black men and boys? when they encounter the police you know is there a better way to engage the police to ensure a safe um, a safe encounter or is the problem much bigger than just the exchange itself is it really a matter of black versus blue what are your thoughts on that well like I said being that my father was a police officer um it, it kind of helped, and he would give me insights as a as a black police officer. I mean, he saw racism himself in the police department, and um, he uh, was one of the founders of the Guardians, which was a black police organization, which really fought against racism and some of the things that were not right in the police department. Um, as I said, I think there has been changes. In, in the Detroit Police Department, and um, but I know in this particular climate, uh, with our present uh, president, uh, there's been almost like an unleashing of uh, of, of racial um, of racism actually, and and it seems that people who have racist views now are more have a tendency to be more open with it. Right, they, they they have been emboldened to uh, express their racial views, 
And it's just, um, and this is kind of a little bit off the topic, but we just had this incident recently where the young uh, black man, young black teenager who was lost in Rochester goes to a house, and, and the house apparently had a neighborhood watch sign on it. He was trying to get directions. And this was in the daytime, and he knocks on the door, and the, the wife says, why are you trying to break into my house? She didn't ask him, you know, didn't allow him to ask his question. And then the, she gets her husband, and her husband comes and fires a shot at him. Just goes to show that there are a lot of people that still have racial, very negative views, uh, racial views towards black people. And that's unfortunate. And unfortunately, that, you know, that can carry over. If people feel that way, they can be in the police department. That particular individual who fired the shot at this young man, was a Detroit fireman, retired Detroit fireman. So that, this man was working in Detroit as a fireman and felt that he had to fire a shot at the young man who was leaving the house. You know, so it just, it, it says something about the mindset of some of the people that we're dealing with. Now, your question as to a, how, what young black people can do when confronting or being confronted by the police I would say you have to take a humble approach and a respectful approach to the police officers. I think um, regardless of, of who you're dealing with, kindness tends to go a lot further than displaying an attitude of um, uh, a defensive attitude or a negative attitude. It can make a difference. Um, I think that you know, if, there's, if the officer is doing something wrong, that's something that you can take up at a later time uh, through a complaint or a civil, civil action against the police officer, the police department. But in the midst of the situation, I, I would advise young people to be respectful and to be cooperative and to go along, if it's with, you know, within reason, uh, and, it's, and if it's lawful, uh, whatever the officer is asking them to do, to go along with that, uh, as long as it's lawful and, and uh, you know, not something that's, you know, abusive. But uh, it, it doesn't help to uh, get a, have an attitude or express uh, being uh, kind of like a smart, smart alecky type of person. That, that doesn't help you when you're being confronted by a police officer. I think that... You know, show the respect, uh, even if the officer doesn't seem to be as respectful as he should be, you, you be respectful. And as I said, anything that he says or does wrong, uh, as long as you're alive, you can deal, that can be dealt with at another day because sometimes uh, individuals don't uh, survive the, uh, the, the matter, so you, you don't want to, you can't deal with it. If, if you did, then your family has to deal with it. So right. I think I, I would tell, you know, young people, be respectful, and any issues that come up out of the confrontation or uh, that can be dealt with afterwards. But the thing is you want to come out of that alive. As we get ready to wrap this interview uh, with uh, Attorney Dwayne Johnson, we want to know from you, um, how can uh, individuals who are interested in volunteering in your campaign get involved in the campaign for Attorney Dwayne Johnson run for 36th District 
court? Oh, I, that's a, I, I love that question. <laughs> no, but, uh, you know, no, number one uh, is voting. You know, I, I need votes. So I, I need the votes of, of all Detroiters, their friends, their relatives, even their enemies. You know, I, I uh, you know, you, you win an election by getting the votes and the support of the people. Uh, I, prayer is helpful as well. Uh, definitely uh, pray, prayer will help me in terms of, you know, having that, that, uh, that support. Uh, you also, if, if you want to, uh, you can contact uh, my, my uh, committee. Uh, this, the phone number uh, is, um, let's see, 313-437-8131. Uh, you can call there uh, if, if you're interested in, in helping with the campaign, or you can also contact uh, us by um, email. The email is Johnson for Justice, and that's for F O R Johnson for Justice 2018 at gmail.com. That is the uh, the email address. And also, I, I have a website uh, where you can um, contact at www.johnson4justice.com. That's the website. And through any of those, the phone number or the email or the website, you can leave information if you want to assist in some way with the campaign. Well, there you have it, guys. I know you have enjoyed our interview with Attorney Dwayne Johnson, candidate for 36th District Court. I hope that you uh, support him uh, in the general election that is coming up in November. Uh, I'm sure he would appreciate your support as well. Uh, we want to thank you for being on the Thinking Out Loud radio show, Attorney Johnson, for being on with us, and we hope and pray that you will be successful in your run for uh, for 36th District Court Judge. I believe the best is yet to come. God bless you. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. Mr. Show, featuring Vice President and General Counsel of Western Air, Rexy Rowe. So tell our listeners, how did your family get involved in the aviation business? Catch it on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, TuneIn, and now on iHeartRadio. So Western Air um, started from around 2001, but basically my dad is a private pilot by trade, and um, my mom had went away to school and because um, they had me very young, and so she wanted to go back to college, and so we moved to Fort Lauderdale. When we came back to the Bahamas on our you know vacation, you just noticed that the air transportation between our island and getting into the city in Nassau was, was pretty terrible. And so it was really kind of my mom's idea to kind of fuse my dad's knowledge about aviation, her interest in business. You send it to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. God 
got the munchies, call Munchie. If you worked all day, need a break, call Munchie. Having a party for the big game, call Munchie. If you want some mouth water pizza and wings, call Munchie. Call 248-476-7272. Located at 34527 Grand River in Farmington. When you have the munchies, call munchies. Enjoyed the show? Leave a comment on the Thinking Out Loud Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook.com slash Radio Show. Share the episode. Subscribe to the podcast. Facebook about it. Tweet about it. Instagram about it. Make the show a part of your weekly routine. Tuesdays from 8 to 9 p.m. on Blog Talk Radio. The Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. This is Michael Eric Dyson, and when I'm in Detroit, I listen to the Thinking Out Loud radio show, dropping that knowledge, giving that inspiration, giving us that enlightenment. Nobody does it like Brother Michael does it. Do your thing. Holla. Peace. Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. It's time, 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 time. For the Thinking Out Loud radio show, thought, 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 thought of the week. week comes from Luke the 15th chapter verses 16 through 24 where we find a very familiar story that Jesus told the Pharisees and publicans about the prodigal son who left his father's house with his inheritance because he wanted to be on his own and the Bible said he went to a far country where he engaged in riotous living living frivolously and freely doing whatever with whoever he wanted to do it with. But the part of this story that I want to highlight is verse 17, that after he had spent all of his inheritance and nothing was left, he went to look for work, and the only work he could find that he was qualified for was to work in the hog pen. This had to be a very humiliating, humbling place for him to be in. After all, he came from wealth, this is where his life has seemed to end up. But in the opening clause of verse 17, the Bible says, and when he came to himself, you see, this is a pivotal moment for this prodigal son who, because of who he thought he was, took his father's inheritance and spent it living riotously in a far country. You see, for many of us, We've made harsh decisions and hasty decisions based upon who we thought we were or what we thought we knew, only to discover we didn't know anything at all. And sometimes because of where we end up, in our mind, we believe we are too far gone and that God doesn't want to have anything more to do with us. 
Our arrogance and pride is far too great for God to do anything with. But this scripture in Luke 15 and 17 brings us some good news. It lets us know unequivocally that there is no such place or no such thing as too far away from God. There is no such thing as too far for God to not allow us to come to ourselves and snap out of whatever we are in and return to him. Had it not been for the epiphany that the prodigal son had had in the hog pen, he would not have ever known that his father had gone out every day since he left waiting on his return. You see, our recovery and resiliency as people of God will always be the truest testament of our relationship with God. No matter how far away you think you are, you can always make a comeback. Let today be the beginning of your comeback. like to give a special thanks to attorney Dwayne Johnson, candidate for 36th District Court for being on this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Remember, if you want to volunteer for his campaign or get information about his candidacy, go to johnsonforjustice.com. That's J-O-H-N-S-O-N, the number four, justice, J-U-S-T-I-C-E.com. Next week, we'll be talking to a very talented young lady who grew up at my church, Greater Grace Temple in Detroit, and she's doing some big things in the newsroom. Next week, we talk with today's TMJ4 news reporter, Lauren Winfrey. We had a great interview, and I can't wait to share it with you. And thank you again to the Thinking Out Loud radio show listeners who listen to us week in and week out. We can't thank you guys enough for your support. And we hope you'll continue listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Tell somebody about our show. Share our posts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and all over social media. Help us continue to grow our audience. We need you to help us reach someone else. Do that for us. I know you will. We'll see you same time, same station next week when we're talking with today's TMJ News reporter, Lauren Winfrey. Always remember, if you think it, then you can believe it. If you believe it, then you'll see it. If you see it, then you will be it. If you can be it, then you can achieve it. The power rests within you. The mind is the most powerful muscle in your body. Use what you got to get what you want. The power is in you. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show podcast. Be sure to support all of our show sponsors.
If you like the show, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play Music, or TuneIn. Want to book Michael Nemens for a speaking engagement, book signing, or corporate event? Send an email to contact at michaelnemens.org. Be sure to follow the show on all of his social media accounts on Twitter at TOL Radio Show, on Instagram at The TOL Radio Show, and on our Facebook fan page at facebook.com forward slash Thinking Out Loud Radio. Are you an entrepreneur and want to advertise? Become a Thinking Out Loud Radio Show partner. Send an email to Thinking Out Loud Radio Show at gmail.com. We have some affordable advertising packages just for you. The Thinking Out Loud Radio Show, giving voice to issues that matter to you.